0: This is Father John Arthur Orr, Associate Pastor at Holy Ghost Catholic Church in Knoxville. This is the first of many programs as walking through the Catechism of the Catholic Church through the in brief statements. These in brief statements treat the 12 articles of the Apostles' Creed, the seven sacraments of the Lord, the ten commandments of God Most High. And the Lord's Prayer. In this way, in about 20 hours, we'll have, have given an exposition of the Catholic faith. Listen, Israel. The Lord our God is the unique Lord, the only Lord. It is necessary that the supreme being be unique. That is to say, without equal. If God is not unique, he is not God. In this passage from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, treating the first article, I Believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of Heaven and Earth, the Catechism of the Catholic Church cites the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verse 4, and St. Mark, the Gospel, chapter 12, verse 29. Also cited is Tertullian, one of the fathers of the Church, in his book, Adversus Marcionem*. Here we see sacred scripture, in the passage from Deuteronomy and Mark, and sacred tradition in the passage from Tertullian, presented together by the Magisterium, the teaching authority of the church, to remind us that there is only one God, the Supreme Being, you and I. We are human beings. We're not the Supreme Being. The radios we listen to or the cars we drive, they too have being, But they are not human beings they are not the supreme being god has no equal we are creatures made to his image but he alone is god the catechism continues faith in god who loves us turns us toward him alone as toward our first origin and our ultimate end and to prefer nothing to him or substitute him faith to believe in god and all that god has revealed our faith Our belief is in God who loves us. We remember in the fourth gospel, St. John, For God so loved the world that he sent his only Son, that whomsoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. God alone is our first origin from where we come, and our ultimate end. Where are we headed? When we live lives of sin and dissipation, we're headed in the wrong direction. We've chosen a different ultimate end, one which is an eternal death. We prefer nothing to God. When we do prefer anything to God, it is sin. We substitute the creature for the creator. God, in revealing himself, remains an ineffable mystery, ineffable, unable to be completely understood. If you comprehend Him, it is not God that you comprehend. So says St. Augustine, Bishop and Doctor of the Church in his Sermon 52. We can know a lot about a lot. We can even know a lot about God. We can know about the Holy Scripture. We can know the Articles of the Creed. We can know so much about so much. But we can never know God as God knows Himself. If we comprehend Him, it is not God that we comprehend. We are finite. God is infinite. How can a finite creature comprehend the infinite? God has revealed Himself of old through the prophets, in the fullness of time through Christ Jesus, and even until the Lord should return in glory. He reveals Himself through Mother Church, through her sure and certain teaching, through the sacred scripture, The God of our faith is revealed as the one who is. He is made known as rich in grace and fidelity. Exodus 34, verse 6. Even his being is truth and love. See St. John's first letter, chapter 4, verse 8. And the fourth gospel, St. John, chapter 14, verse 6. And chapter 18, verse 36. The God of our faith. Is revealed as the one who is remember Moses Moses and the Lord spoke and God said I am who am this is metaphysical religion the source of all being our God who is made known as rich in grace and fidelity God's grace is present in our lives through means of the sacraments a freely given gift of God's very presence and the fidelity of God is unlike the fidelity of any others. The Marine Corps here in the United States has as a motto of sorts, Semper Fidelis, Semper Fi, always faithful. God even more so. God so faithful to us that he sent his Son to save us. Even on the cross with nails in his hands and in his feet, he says, Father, forgive them. So faithful is our Savior God to us. Like calls unto like. When we believe in Christ, when we believe in God and all that God has revealed to us, then we mirror our faithful God. Even His being is truth and love. Who is the way? Who is the truth? Who is the life? Jesus Christ. This is how He reveals Himself to us in the Gospel. God is love. We read in the sacred scripture, His very being. I know truths. I love certain people very well, my mother, my siblings, But God in his very being is truth. God in his very being is love. The mystery of the Most Holy Trinity is the central mystery of Christian faith and life. God alone can give us the knowledge in revealing himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Christian faith is a mysterious faith. One does not need supernatural grace or revelation to know that God exists. But to know that God exists as a Trinity of Persons, Father, Son, and Spirit, this takes grace, this takes faith, this takes revelation. The Most Holy Trinity, being the central mystery of our faith, reminds us that everything else leads to or flows from this one sacred mystery, the incarnation that God became like us in all things but sin, presupposes The mystery of the Trinity, for it was not the Father who became incarnate, it was not the Spirit who became incarnate, it was the Son, sent by the Father, conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Trinity, in a sense, precedes the Incarnation, for the Incarnation occurred in time, whereas the Trinity always has been, always is, always will be. God has given us this knowledge through Christ our Lord. He says at the end of Saint Matthew, Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I am with you all days, even unto the end of the age, even this our age. The incarnation of the Son of God reveals that God is the eternal Father, and that the Son is consubstantial, one in being with the Father, that is to say, that he is in him and with him the same unique God. The Father is God, the Son is God, the Spirit is God. Not three gods, but one God. Here we have an echo of St. Athanasius' Creed Quicumque. The word incarnation happily corresponds with the word for flesh or for meat. In Spanish, carne, into the flesh God has come in his Son born of a woman, born under the law, to save us from ourselves, to give us the grace we need to fulfill the law in our lives. This word consubstantial has to do with being. Again, our metaphysical faith, our faith focusing on the truth of existence, substance, being. Aristotle, that virtuous pagan, says, "...being is said in many ways." The first of these is substance. The mission of the Holy Spirit sent by the Father in the name of the Son, St John chapter 14 verse 26, and by the Son from the Father, St John chapter 15 verse 26, reveals that he is with them the same unique God. With the Father and the Son he receives same adoration, same glory, Here we're reminded that not only does the eternal Son have a mission, but so too the eternal Spirit, both sent by the Father. The Father eternally begets the eternally begotten Son, who in time is born of Mary, and from them both proceeds the Holy Spirit by whom the eternal Son is conceived in time in the womb of the Virgin Mary when she agreed to God's saving plan. The Father is God, the Son is God, the Spirit is God, not three gods, but one God. The Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father insofar as first source, and by the eternal gift of this one to the Son, the Father and the Son in communion, so says St. Augustine in his book de trinitate saint augustine a father of the church bishop of north africa the city hippo had many years of desolate living but thanks be to god for his mother's prayers and the grace he received through her intercession he was converted unto the lord father son and spirit and here we see him meditating him writing Him communicating about the mysterious inter-life, inner life of the Holy God, Father, Son, and Spirit. By the grace of baptism, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we are called to partake in the life of the Blessed Trinity, down here in the obscurity of faith, and after death in eternal light. Here, the Catechism of the Catholic Church cites Pope Paul VI of happy memory, his solemn profession of faith, which he proclaimed at the conclusion of the Second Vatican Council. We partake in the life of the Blessed Trinity, beginning in baptism, further in confirmation and Holy Eucharist, renewed in a good, worthy confession, in the anointing of the sick, and holy marriage, and holy orders, We all partake in the life of the Blessed Trinity here on earth already, anticipating that life in Christ on high for which we all long, which Pope Paul VI refers to as eternal light, obscurity of faith. When we read about the obscurity of faith, it reminds us that we do not know God as God knows himself. It does not mean, however, that we don't know anything about God. We know so much about him naturally that he exists, that he is good. We know so much more about him supernaturally through grace and revelation, the trinity of God, the salvific love of God. But here we see dimly as in a mirror. There we shall see face to face. We shall be known even... As we are known, the Catechism of the Catholic Church continues meditating upon the first article of the Creed, we believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, by citing this symbol, the Creed, qui cumque, often attributed to St. Athanasius of Alexandria, bishop and doctor of the Church. Quote, the Catholic faith consists in this, venerate one single God in the Trinity, and the Trinity in the unity, without confounding the persons, without dividing the substance, for other is the person of the Father, other the one of the Son, other the one of the Holy Spirit, but the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is one divinity, equal glory, co-eternal the majesty, End quote. St. Athanasius's memory is celebrated liturgically each May 2nd in the calendar of the Church. If you pray this prayer quickly enough, you could get dizzy. The Athanasian Creed, qui cum quae volt, whomsoever wishes to be saved. We venerate one single God. Here we're reminded of the first commandment of God. Here we're reminded of the mystery of the Trinity. Equal glory. The Father is God, the Son is God, the Spirit is God. Not three gods, but one God. The Father is eternal, the Son is eternal, the Spirit is eternal. Not three eternals, but one eternal, the majesty. Often we use this term or hear this term in relation to royalty. Well, the king of heaven, the king of the universe, almighty God, even more majestic than the most majestic in the here and now. If we don't get the Trinity right, we won't get the incarnation right. If we don't get the Trinity right, the Incarnation right, we won't get our own anthropology, our own human nature. We will misunderstand without confounding the persons. It was not the Father on the cross. It was not the Spirit on the cross. But the Eternal Son made man, born in time, born of a woman under the law to save us, to redeem us. In Him we live and move and have our being. We participate in the very being of God by His grace given us In baptism inseparable in that which they are the divine persons of the Holy Trinity are also inseparable in that which they do but in the unique divine operation each one each person of the Trinity does that which is proper to him in the Trinity above all in the divine missions of the incarnation of the Son and the gift of the Holy Spirit the gift of the Holy Spirit sevenfold sometimes called the holy ghost as our parish here in knoxville is known different from the gift of the son who gives himself to us still in the sacrament of the altar his very body and blood soul and divinity are holy food and drink the manifestation of the Son, the babe in bethlehem the holy man from nazareth who suffered and died and rose the gift of the spirit who is not a dove although descended as if a dove, the Holy Spirit, who is not a flame of fire, but descended as if tongues of fire upon the apostles, each of them, and together with the Father, one God, three divine persons. There have been those who would say, oh, we should not say Father, Son, and Spirit, as if it was an affront to our humanity, or to God's divinity. But in point of fact, the Father was active in creation and is active in creation still, at least in maintaining its existence, bringing new souls into being. But so too the Son and the Spirit, for the Father spoke the word and it was created. The Spirit of God, Ruah Yahweh, hovered over the waters of creation, each of the divine persons of the Trinity active in creation, each of the divine persons active in redemption, each of the divine persons active in the mysterious providence of God and sanctification of us all. In the creation of the world and man, God has provided the first and universal testimony of His all-powerful love and His wisdom The first announcement of his benevolent design, which finds its end in the new creation in Christ. Here we're presented by the Catechism, by Holy Mother Church, with two creations. The original creation of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen, and the new recreation in Christ, Christ who rose on the first day of the week on the eighth day since the Sabbath before. We are born anew in him by water and the spirit. It is then that we are made new creatures. This first and universal testimony given by God himself is given in creation. It does not require supernatural faith or grace to recognize that God exists, that something doesn't come from nothing. And the something from which we come is God. This is the book of nature, if you please. But God has not only revealed himself in this natural revelation, providing this testimony of his own self in creation of the world and man, but he's also given testimony, specific revelation of himself, of his powerful love and wisdom, in christ our lord of old he spoke to us through the prophets but in the fullness of time in his son the father and i are one if you have seen me you have seen the father he who hears you hears me and he who hears me does not hear me but him who sends me this is the depth of our trinitarian faith this is the depth of our understanding of who is christ who reveals not only us to ourselves but God to us, Father, Son, and Spirit. It is good that the work of creation is particularly attributed to the Father. It is equally a truth of faith that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are the unique and indivisible principle of creation. God alone has created the universe freely, directly, without any aid. No one forced God to make us, no one forced God to redeem us, no one forces God to keep us in existence. He does it freely. And if we are made in the image of God, and we are, we too have free will. When we abuse our free will, it is called sin. God did not need the assistance of any to make the heavens and the earth and all that is therein, seen and unseen, visible and invisible. However, with the aid of mothers and fathers, he brings new life into being. Any creature does not have the infinite power which is necessary to create in the proper sense of the word. That is to say, to produce and to give being to that which did not actually have it, to call to existence from nothing. Ex nihilo, if you prefer the Latin. My mother and sister are both very artistic people, but artists, they use the clay of the earth or the paints of art. They use pastels or oils or watercolors. Carpenters, they use the wood of the trees. Even those who would make sculptures of steel, they use the iron ore out of the earth, out of the ground. The story goes that the scientists, so full of themselves, said, Oh God, we are so clever. We can make human beings without your aid. Just sit over there. And God said, Oh, I would like to see that. Show me what you can do. And so the scientist goes and he gets some of the earth, and God says, No, 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 no. Get your own dirt. A little joke there from a friend of mine serving in our nation's defense forces. God alone has created the universe freely and directly without any aid. His own plan, his own timeline. Even when we speak of procreation, it is the father and the mother who give the body the matter. But it is almighty God who creates ex nihilo, out of nothing, the rational, spiritual immortal soul which animates and gives life to the body god has created the world to manifest and to communicate his glory his creatures have part of his truth his goodness and his beauty behold the glory for which god has created them the world manifest makes clear makes obvious god's glory it communicates his glory His creatures, that's us, we have part of his truth. I know many truths, so do you. But God is truth in his very being. That's what Jesus tells us in the gospel. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. You and I, we may do good things. We're good in our nature, but we're not all good only God is good that's what the gospel tells us that's what Jesus tells us he assures us in sacred scripture his beauty all beauty refers back to God oneness beauty truth goodness these are called transcendentals and philosophers have spoken of them throughout the centuries This last part, this last line, Behold the glory for which God has created them, reminds me of St. Irenaeus, the Bishop of Lyon, in the early centuries of the Church. He reminds us that the glory of God is man fully alive. When we act according to our nature, following the mysterious plan God has created, placed deep within our hearts and revealed to Moses, through Moses on Sinai through the grace given us by Christ our Lord the new and definitive Moses then we glorify God even in the here and now as we long to do in the hereafter God has created us for this God has created the universe, ourselves in it, maintains the universe, and us in it, in existence by his word. This Son who sustains the universe by his powerful word, Hebrews 1, verse 3, and by his creator's spirit who give life. The Lord Jesus in the gospel says, The father works and i work and the people picked up stones ready to kill him because he made himself equal to god or had he hadn't he always been equal to the father and the spirit yes this is our saving faith our faith in christ the lord divine providence is the disposition by which god leads with wisdom and love all creatures unto their ultimate end in these united states there is that city up in the state of rhode island providence it's not just a city however it's god's mysterious governance of the universe either directly or indirectly when you and i feed a hungry person or clothe a naked person God is using us as his secondary cause of his providence. God leads with wisdom and love all creatures to their ultimate end. There have been those who would say, oh, it's just the economy, that's all that matters. Listen to the State of the Union, regardless of who's in the White House. Do we hear of ultimate ends? The ultimate end for each and every human being is life on high, seeing God face to face. This is our true end. Christ invites us to filial abandon to the providence of our Heavenly Father. St. Matthew chapter 6, verses 26-34 And the Apostle, St. Peter, takes up again of all your unquietness. Discharge it on him, for he takes care of you. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 in Psalm 55:23 This filial abandonment to the providence of our heavenly father means the trust of children filius filia filiae children children of who children of a loving father a loving god the eternal god and father Providence, the way that God governs the universe. It's an invitation Christ gives us, an invitation which we extend to any and all, strengthened by his grace in the surety of our faith. Is there a disquietude in your life or unquietness? St. Peter the first Bishop of Rome, tells us, discharge it on him, put it on him. For Christ took all our sins upon himself on the cross, and he did not shrink his responsibility. He did not shirk it. He took it up and said, Behold, I have made all things new. He takes care of you and I, each and every one of us, even as he awaits our response in faith, our obedience of faith. Let us continue to pray for and with each other that we will always be found pleasing in the sight of the Lord. And Next time, we'll hear more about the first article of the creed. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. Until then, God bless you.